Hello, I'm Paul Kitkat. And I'm Chalice Croke. This is the next podcast in our series, 168 Things We've Learned About Creative Marketing and We Think You'll Find Useful to Know. We're recording these in our home studios, so we are socially distant, but mentally present. Uh, please excuse any stray noises you might hear, given the setup that we're using, or any oddness in the sound quality. Okay, enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Chalice. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am very well, too. It's a beautiful morning. Sure is. So, Paul, tell us about today's podcast. Okay, so the title is There Are More Questions Than Answers. Great. Why have you given this podcast this title? Because There Are More Questions Than Answers is the title of a a really great song, but also because it's relevant to a topic we'll come to in a second. Great. And was there a prize for a competition, do I recall? You do recall. At the end of the last podcast, we said that there'd be a small prize for anyone who knew who was the artist who recorded that song and a bonus if they knew the year. I see. But I thought you were giving a big prize. It is a huge prize. Amazing. Tell us about the prize and then I want to know all about the winner. Okay. The prize is a pencil. A pencil. Yeah, but not... That's a good, great prize. It is a great prize. It's not just any old pencil, though. It's a Paul oh. Smith pencil. Wow. And does it have a rubber or an eraser on this pencil? It does, because if our winner got the bonus point, and that means they get a rubber on the end as well, or an eraser, as you correctly put it for our American friends. Lucky winner. Lucky so winner. we have one. Yeah, Tell we us do. about the winner. Yeah. Who's the lucky winner. Okay, the lucky winner is Simon Bosworth, who is an artist, and he w- therefore will find this an incredibly useful prize. Well done, Simon. And well done, Paul. I think that was a very thoughtful prize. Yeah, it was. So let me tell you then that the, uh, the artist who recorded that song was Johnny Nash, who's a reggae singer. It's a great song. Yeah. I'm sure that everyone looked it up on YouTube anyway. Yeah, millions of people who are listening to the podcast <laughs> looked it up and saw already him already knew it yeah if I, you know you should know this song everyone should know this song it's great and he released it in 1972 cool it is cool so tell us about um the topic more questions than answers why have you chosen this as a topic each podcast is really going to focus on one thing and the topic under discussion will vary from podcast to podcast, but this is all about pitching, competitive pitching. So it could be that you're pitching for an entirely new account, or it could be that you're pitching for a major project from a client. Of course, I'm thinking about pitching in the world of marketing and advertising, but I think that this, what we've got to say today is relevant to anyone who has to to enter a competitive pitch for work. Mm, Interesting. So we know that during the pitch process, there are often lots of questions that are posed and often there are lots of answers yes is this what you were thinking it is what i was thinking because uh yeah you're right you know you know usually when the um what happens is you get a brief from a prospective client or whatever and Mm. they will say here's the brief and there's an opportunity for you to ask questions and please send them to us by this date or occasionally they will say we're going to have a kind of um, conference call where everyone can ask their questions all together. 
um, on a given day. So prepare your questions for that. Either way, they're ask, they're inviting you to, to, to ask questions. Yeah, to explore the brief. Yes, because quite often the brief says one thing, but it turns out the pitch is about something else, and you need to find out what that is. And one of the ways you sure. can do it is through questions. There are other ways. We'll talk about them on another podcast. Sure. And presumably there are certain types of questions that you want to pose. Yes, there are. So um, it, what kinds of questions have you got in mind? Paul, could you give me an example of a close question? Yep. OK, here's one. Are you wearing a hat? I see. No, I'm not wearing a hat. Right, very good. There's no room for debate, right? You're either wearing a hat or you're not wearing a hat. There's no in-between. Yeah, it's a closed answer. Yeah, exactly. There's no middle ground, sort of, unless we get into the realms of metaphysics. Yes, I'm wearing a conceptual hat. Fabulous. What about an open question? Can you give us an example of an open question that we might ask? Here's an example of an open question. Mm-hmm. Why, why did people start wearing hats all the time? That's a good question. I'm sure there are a variety of answers, including because they became less fashionable. Yeah, I mean, amazingly enough, there's a kind of theory of hats. <laughs> hats it's off. True. Hats off. Well, it's true. I, If anyone looks at a photograph of um, people in the street prior yeah. to about probably any time up to 1961 or two, Everyone's yeah. wearing a hat. Yeah. My mother, my mother would not leave the house without a hat on when I was yeah. a kid, when I was little. That's how old I am. Mm. Right. She had a variety of hats, fur yeah. as well. Also, yeah. not a good thing. But she wouldn't wear. She wouldn't go out without one. There's a historical moment when the American president John F. Kennedy mm. uh, appeared in public without a hat. Mm. And you could, there's, I've seen a picture of this. He's, he hasn't got a hat on. Everyone in the audience, all the men, all the, and it's all men. I'm mm. talking about 1961 or something. They're all wearing hats. Mm. But some people have said that's the moment when hat wearing stopped because for a presidential candidate in America to not wear a hat was a groundbreaking moment, believe it or not. I see. So now it's become a completely other thing. So if you wear a hat, it's unusual. So your boy George, you wear a hat. Yes. Right? Fantastic yeah. hat wearer. Yeah. But for most people, they don't feature. I see. So, Paul, in the pitch scenario, can you give us an example of an open and a closed question? Yeah. Um, so a closed question would be something like, where do you hold your data? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Also, yeah. also... Um, that could also be... Um, expressed as a factual question right but anyway I, I see what you mean well a closed question is a factual question isn't it because it's like yeah. there's an answer it's in this box over here yeah okay and yeah. we can you know if you want to have a look in the box you can okay okay yeah open question very often an open question would be one that starts with why right okay? yeah so why <laughs> the question you always want to ask is why are you having a pitch sure that is an open question. Very difficult to get a straight answer. Yeah. Um, because quite often they won't really want to talk about that. Yeah. Another question on the along those lines is why is the incumbent agency 
and this is specifically in our world, why mm. are they pitching? Why are they re-pitching for the business? Which is a very pointed question because one would think that they're having a pitch because they're fed up with the agency, so why invite them back to pitch again? Mm. They often do, and we'll come back to the subject of whether or not you should re-pitch again in a later podcast. But so, yeah, those are open questions. But other questions would be, um, you know, why you, you might ask questions about the previous creative work they've done. Why did they do this? Why did they do that? Yeah. Um, those kind of things. My point would be ask a lot of questions and keep the closed questions to a minimum because they're not that interesting. Just ask the very simple factual ones you really need. Mm-hmm. Ask as many open questions as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for asking a lot is to show that you're interested. Okay. Can I ask you about um, the uh, the response rate? I've been in lots of pitches where we've asked a variety of different questions mm-hmm. and we don't always get the answers that we're looking for and in some cases we don't get the answers at all. How right. do you manage that scenario? Um well, people do get anxious about that. That's true. Mm. And I w- my answer to that would be, do not worry about it. Because the point of asking the questions is to open up a conversation. Yeah. And to show that you're, as I said, show you're interested. Mm. And really to show that you've understood something about the people you're talking to, that you've done some homework. And also to show how clever you are, frankly, you're mm. showing off mm. because a good question, a really good question is a way to show insight, intelligence, understanding. And that's what they're going to be actually wanting from whoever it is they're going to appoint. Right. Yeah. So. I you're always you're always, you know, from the moment the pitch is called, you're always pitching. And the question and answer session is part of the pitch. And you're going, and the goal again. We're going to come back to this: is to is to win the pitch before the pitch. Yeah. And the question and answer session is one of the chances to get yourself into pole position. Yeah. Right. Yeah. By asking brilliant questions, and if they can't answer them, as long as you haven't embarrassed them. I mean, like if you ask them, "Where's the data?" and they don't know, that's embarrassing. But they really should know. But yeah. if you ask them a why question. And they don't have a, an immediate answer, but it's an interesting question, and you ask it, and you're not you're not asking it in a challenging way. You're just asking it. Mm. That's that's great, because they may even if they can't give you the answer that you're hoping for, as long as they don't feel like they've let themselves down, but they've engaged in the conversation with you. Brilliant, you've got what you need. You've got what you need because you've you've proved that you're involved. Sure. So it's okay to push for answers then. Up to a point. I mean, you know, not not to the point where you annoy them, and okay. people do get annoyed if if you keep asking loads and loads of questions, and they, you know, eventually their patience will run out. And yeah. I would go right up to that point and then stop. So you have to be paying attention. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Don't it's worry about th- whether, or, and not worry about whether or not you're getting all the answers you think you need. And if people in your agency or around you are saying, "I really want to know this," mm-hmm. in the end, you have to say, "No, you don't." We've done enough asking. You're going to have to figure it out now. There's a limit. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. the other um, consideration is whether or not you feel as if you're showing your hand by asking certain questions. Did you come across that? 
Yes, all the time, because quite it's very common for the client to say either, as I said, you know, we're going to have an open session where everyone gets to ask their questions together, or we're going to publish all the questions and answers, you know, in writing in some format in an email or something that everyone can see. Yeah, and right? you get become there's a tendency to become nervous because you show the other people what you're thinking. Yeah, cue massive anxiety in the agency. Right. That's quite right. Um, th- this happens every single time. Okay, <laughs> and people say oh no, the other agencies are going to see our brilliant questions and they're going to get our answers and they wouldn't have thought of it and now they're going to have a, they're going to have a leg up. Yeah, um, exactly. Yes. So that's fine uh, or it's not fine? Where, what course, do we do in that scenario? We say, no, don't worry about it. Because actually there are two things to say about that. One, you're going to, if you ask a really great question that they hadn't thought of, yeah, you're going to slightly intimidate the opposition and... This is a competitive business. Intimidating the opposition is a good thing. Right. Right? If they're a bit scared of you because you're asking really shit-hot questions, mm. great. Mm. Because if they're scared, they're going to be nervous. If they're nervous, they're not going to make a good pitch. Mm. Yeah. This, and the second thing is, if it's such a good question and you get an answer, if they're smart enough to use it themselves, good luck to them. But you were the people who asked it and the client won't forget that. So it really doesn't matter. Brilliant. So it's a great strategy. So... In yes. essence, then, what you're saying is in a pitch scenario, yep. always sh- don't be shy to reveal your hand, demonstrate nope. your thinking and probe as much and as, as you need to in order to get the answers and lead with lots of open questions. Exactly so. And again, as far as the showing your hand thing goes... And again, this is something we're going to talk about in another podcast. Mm. Uh, you can see, I can, I think we can do a lot of podcasts on pitching because we, I, ha, I have done and you have done a huge amount of pitching, mm. and we've won quite a lot. So mm. I think we have authority here. I would say, who are you pitching against? You always think you're pitching against all these other agencies. You're not. You're pitching against yourself. Yeah, and that's something we'll get back to that it's really important to understand that fantastic so Paul can you leave us with a summary then of um, the objective of more questions than answers yep okay so what I would do when 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 you're in this situation you get everyone to pitch everyone who is on the pitch team to put forward their questions you encourage them to make as many to put forward as many open questions as they can you may edit a little bit for repetition, but you take every opportunity to ask as many of the questions as you possibly can mm-hmm. up to the point where the client starts to get pissed off. Don't piss them off. Mm-hmm. Stop then. Do not worry if you don't get the answers that you're hoping for. Really, one of the things about asking good questions is not to have an expectation about the answer, because if you do, you're going to try and lead the client towards it. What's yeah. the point of that? Don't, don't be doing that. Listen to what they say, really listen. And if it's not the answer you were expecting or it's the answer to a different question or it's really off topic, doesn't matter. It's all interesting. And the point of the questioning is to open up a conversation to show that you're involved, interested, lively, alert and smart and to intimidate the opposition. Amazing. Well, thank you for those insights. That's brilliant. Thanks, Paul. You're welcome. Thank you. Pleasure. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yes, thank you very much. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye.
Bye. 168 Things We've Learned About Creative Marketing and We Think You'll Find Useful to Know is a series of podcasts created by Paul Kitkat and Chalice Krogh. Production was by William Kitkat, who also wrote the theme music. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe. See you soon. Bye.